10 chapters 5 through 7 of the antiquities of the jews volume 2 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by bill mosley the antiquities of the jews volume 2 by flavius josephus translated by william whiston book 10 chapters 5 through 7 chapter 5 how josiah fought with necho king of egypt and was wounded and died in a little time afterward as also how necho carried jehoahaz who had been made king into egypt and delivered the kingdom to jehoiakim and lastly concerning jeremiah and ezekiel now necho king of egypt raised an army and marched to the river euphrates in order to fight with the medes and the babylonians who had overthrown the dominion of the assyrians for he had a desire to reign over asia now when he was come to the city mendes which belonged to the kingdom of josiah he brought an army to hinder him from passing through his own country in his expedition against the medes now necho sent a herald to josiah and told him that he did not make this expedition against him but was making haste to euphrates and desired that he would not provoke him to fight against him because he obstructed his march to the place whither he had resolved to go but josiah did not admit of this advice of necho but put himself into a posture to hinder him from his intended march i suppose it was fate that pushed him on this conduct that it might take an occasion against him for as he was setting his army in array and rode about in his chariot from one wing of his army to another one of the egyptians shot an arrow at him and put an end to his eagerness of fighting for being sorely wounded he commanded a retreat to be sounded for his army and returned to jerusalem and died of that wound and was magnificently buried in the sepulchre of his fathers when he had lived thirty-nine years and of them had reigned thirty-one but all the people mourned greatly for him lamenting and grieving on his account many days and jeremiah the prophet composed an elegy to lament him which is extant till this time also moreover this prophet denounced beforehand the sad calamities that were coming upon the city he also left behind him in writing a description of that destruction of our nation which has lately happened in our days and the taking of babylon nor was he the only prophet who delivered such predictions beforehand to the multitude but so did ezekiel also who was the first person that wrote 
and left behind him in writing two books concerning these events. Now these two prophets were priests by birth, but of them Jeremiah dwelt in Jerusalem from the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah until the city and temple were utterly destroyed. However, as to what befell this prophet, we will relate in its proper place. Upon the death of Josiah, which we have already mentioned, his son Jehoahaz by name took the kingdom, being about twenty-three years old. He reigned in Jerusalem, and his mother was Hamutal of the city Libha. He was an impious man and impure in his course of life. But as the king of Egypt returned from the battle, he sent for Jehoahaz to come to him, to the city called Hamath, which belongs to Syria. And when he was come, he put him in bands and delivered the kingdom to a brother of his, by the father's side, whose name was Eliakim, and changed his name to Jehoiakim, and laid a tribute upon the land of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold, and this sum of money Jehoiakim paid by way of tribute. But Necho carried away Jehoahaz into Egypt, where he died when he had reigned three months and ten days. Now Jehoiakim's mother was called Zebudah, of the city Rumah. He was of a wicked disposition and ready to do mischief, nor was he either religious towards God or good-natured towards men. Chapter 6 How Nebuchadnezzar, when he had conquered the king of Egypt, made an expedition against the Jews and slew Jehoiakim and made Jehoiakim his son king. Now in the fourth year of the reign of Jehoiakim, one whose name was Nebuchadnezzar, took the government over the Babylonians, who at the same time went up with a great army to the city Carchemish, which was at Euphrates, upon a resolution he had taken to fight with Necho king of Egypt, under whom all Syria then was. And when Necho understood the intention of the king of Babylon, and that this expedition was made against him, he did not despise his attempt, but made haste, with a great band of men, to Euphrates to defend himself from Nebuchadnezzar. And when they had joined battle, he was beaten and lost many ten thousands of his soldiers in the battle. So the king of Babylon passed over Euphrates, and took all Syria as far as Pelusium, excepting Judea. But when Nebuchadnezzar had already reigned four years, which was the eighth of Jehoiakim's government over the Hebrews, the king of Babylon made an expedition with mighty forces against the Jews, and required tribute of Jehoiakim, and threatened upon his refusal to make war against him. He was affrighted at his threatening, and bought his peace with money, and brought the tribute he was ordered to bring for three years. 
But on the third year, upon hearing that the king of the Babylonians made an expedition against the Egyptians, he did not pay his tribute. Yet was he disappointed of his hope, for the Egyptians durst not fight at this time. And indeed the prophet Jeremiah foretold every day how vainly they relied on their hopes from Egypt, and how the city would be overthrown by the king of Babylon, and Jehoiakim the king would be subdued by him. But what he thus spake proved to be of no advantage to them, because there were none that should escape, for both the multitude and the rulers, when they heard him, had no concern about what they heard, but being displeased at what was said, as if the prophet were a diviner against the king, they accused Jeremiah, and bringing him before the court, they required that a sentence and a punishment might be given against him. Now all the rest gave their votes for his condemnation, but the elders refused, who prudently sent away the prophet from the court of the prison and persuaded the rest to do Jeremiah no harm, for they said that he was not the only person who foretold what would come to the city, but that Micah signified the same before him, as well as many others, none of which suffered anything of the kings that then reigned, but were honored as the prophets of God. So they mollified the multitude with these words, and delivered Jeremiah from the punishment to which he was condemned. Now when this prophet had written all his prophecies, and the people were fasting and assembled at the temple, on the ninth month of the fifth year of Jehoiakim, he read the book he had composed of his predictions of what was to befall the city and the temple and the multitude. And when the rulers heard of it, they took the book from him, and bid him and Baruch the scribe to go their ways, lest they should be discovered by one or other. But they carried the book and gave it to the king, so he gave order in the presence of his friends that his scribe should take it and read it. When the king heard what it contained, he was angry and tore it and cast it into the fire, where it was consumed. He also commanded that they should seek for Jeremiah and Baruch the scribe and bring them to him that they might be punished. However, they escaped his anger. Now a little time afterwards the king of Babylon made an expedition against Jehoiakim, whom he received into the city, and this out of fear of the foregoing predictions of this prophet as supposing he should suffer nothing that was terrible, because he neither shut the gates nor fought against him. Yet when he was come into the city, he did not observe the covenants he had made, but he slew such as were in the flower of their age, and such as were of the greatest dignity, together with their king Jehoiakim, whom he commanded to be thrown before the walls without any burial, and made his son Jehoiakim king of the country and of the city. He also took the principal persons in dignity for captives, three thousand in number, and led them away to Babylon, 
among which was the prophet Ezekiel, who was then but young. And this was the end of King Jehoiakim, when he had lived thirty-six years, and of them reigned eleven. But Jehoiakim succeeded him in the kingdom, whose mother's name was Nehushta. She was a citizen of Jerusalem. He reigned three months and ten days. Chapter 7 That the king of Babylon repented of making Jehoiakim king, and took him away to Babylon, and delivered the kingdom to Zedekiah. This king would not believe what was predicted by Jeremiah and Ezekiel, but joined himself to the Egyptians, who, when they came into Judea, were vanquished by the king of Babylon, as also what befell Jeremiah. But a terror seized on the king of Babylon, who had given the kingdom to Jehoiakim, and that immediately he was afraid that he should bear him a grudge because of his killing his father, and thereupon should make the country revolt from him. Wherefore he sent an army, and besieged Jehoiakim in Jerusalem. But because he was of a gentle and just disposition, he did not desire to see the city endangered on his account, but he took his mother and kindred, and delivered them to the commanders sent by the king of Babylon, and accepted of their oaths that neither should they suffer any harm nor the city, which agreement they did not observe for a single year. For the king of Babylon did not keep it, but gave orders to his generals to take all that were in the city captives, both the youth and the handicraftsmen, and bring them bound to him. Their number was ten thousand eight hundred and thirty-two, as also Jehoiakim and his mother and friends. And when these were brought to him, he kept them in custody, and appointed Jehoiakim's uncle Zedekiah to be king, and made him take an oath that he would certainly keep the kingdom for him and make no innovation, nor have any league of friendship with the Egyptians. Now Zedekiah was twenty and one years old when he took the government, and had the same mother with his brother Jehoiakim, but was a despiser of justice and of his duty, for truly those of the same age with him were wicked about him, and the whole multitude did what unjust and insolent things they pleased, for which reason the prophet Jeremiah came often to him, and protested to him, and insisted that he must leave off his impieties and transgressions, and take care of what was right, and neither give ear to the rulers, among whom were wicked men, nor give credit to their false prophets, who deluded them, as if the king of Babylon would make no more war against them, and as if the Egyptians would make war against him. 
and conquer him, since what they said was not true, and the events would not prove such as they expected. Now as to Zedekiah himself, while he heard the prophet speak, he believed him, and agreed to everything as true, and supposed it was for his advantage. But then his friends perverted him, and dissuaded him from what the prophet advised, and obliged him to do what they pleased. Ezekiel also foretold in Babylon what calamities were coming upon the people, which, when he heard, he sent accounts of them unto Jerusalem. But Zedekiah did not believe their prophecies for the reason following. It happened that the two prophets agreed with one another in what they said, as in all other things, that the city should be taken, and Zedekiah himself should be taken captive. But Ezekiel disagreed with him, and said that Zedekiah should not see Babylon, while Jeremiah said to him that the king of Babylon should carry him away thither in bonds. Now when Zedekiah had preserved the league of mutual assistance he had made with the Babylonians for eight years, he brake it, and revolted to the Egyptians, in hopes, by their assistance, of overcoming the Babylonians. When the king of Babylon knew this, he made war against him. He laid his country waste, and took his fortified towns, and came to the city Jerusalem itself to besiege it. But when the king of Egypt heard what circumstances Zedekiah his ally was in, he took a great army with him and came into Judea as if he would raise the siege upon which the king of Babylon departed from Jerusalem and met the Egyptians and joined battle with them and beat them. And when he had put them to flight, he pursued them and drove them out of all Syria. Now as soon as the king of Babylon was departed from Jerusalem, the false prophets deceived Zedekiah, and said that the king of Babylon would not any more make war against him or his people, nor remove them out of their own country into Babylon, and that those then in captivity would return, with all those vessels of the temple of which the king of Babylon had despoiled that temple. But Jeremiah came among them and prophesied what contradicted those predictions, and what proved to be true, that they did ill and deluded the king, that the Egyptians would be of no advantage to them, but that the king of Babylon would renew the war against Jerusalem and besiege it again, and would destroy the people by famine, and carry away those that remained into captivity, and would take away what they had as spoils, and would carry off those riches that were in the temple, nay, that besides this he would burn it and utterly overthrow the city, and that they should serve him and his posterity seventy years, that then the Persians and the Medes should put an end to their servitude, 
and overthrow the Babylonians, and that we shall be dismissed and return to this land and rebuild the temple and restore Jerusalem. When Jeremiah said this, the greater part believed him, but the rulers and those that were wicked despised him as one disordered in his senses. Now he had resolved to go elsewhere to his own country, which was called Anathoth, and was twenty furlongs distant from Jerusalem. And as he was going, one of the rulers met him and seized upon him and accused him falsely, as though he were going as a deserter to the Babylonians. But Jeremiah said that he accused him falsely, and added that he was only going to his own country. But the other would not believe him, but seized upon him, and led him away to the rulers, and laid an accusation against him, under whom he endured all sorts of torments and tortures, and was reserved to be punished. And this was the condition he was in for some time, while he suffered what I have already described unjustly. Now in the ninth year of the reign of Zedekiah, on the tenth day of the tenth month, the king of Babylon made a second expedition against Jerusalem, and lay before it eighteen months, and besieged it with the utmost application. There came upon them also two of the greatest calamities at the same time that Jerusalem was besieged, a famine and a pestilential distemper, and made great havoc of them. And though the prophet Jeremiah was in prison, he did not rest, but cried out and proclaimed aloud and exhorted the multitude to open their gates and admit the king of Babylon, for that if they did so, they should be preserved and their whole families. But if they did not so, they should be destroyed. And he foretold that if any one stayed in the city, he should certainly perish by one of these ways, either be consumed by the famine or slain by the enemy's sword, but that if he would flee to the enemy, he should escape death. Yet did not these rulers who heard believe him, even when they were in the midst of their sore calamities. But they came to the king, and in their anger informed him what Jeremiah had said, and accused him, and complained of the prophet as of a madman, and one that disheartened their minds, and by the denunciation of miseries weakened the alacrity of the multitude, who were otherwise ready to expose themselves to dangers for him and for their country, while he, in a way of threatening, warned them to flee to the enemy, and told them that the city should certainly be taken and be utterly destroyed. But for the king himself, he was not at all irritated against Jeremiah, such was his gentle and righteous disposition, yet that he might not be engaged in a quarrel with those rulers at such a time, by opposing what they intended, he let them do with the prophet whatsoever they would, 
whereupon when the king had granted them such a permission they presently came into the prison and took him and led him down with a cord to a pit full of mire that he might be suffocated and die of himself so he stood up to the neck in the mire which was all about him and so continued but there was one of the king's servants who was in esteem with him an ethiopian by descent who told the king what a state the prophet was in and said that his friends and his rulers had done evil in putting the prophet into the mire and by that means contriving against him that he should suffer a death more bitter than that by his bonds only when the king heard this he repented of his having delivered up the prophet to the rulers and bid the ethiopian take thirty men of the king's guards and cords with them and whatsoever else they understood to be necessary for the prophet's preservation and to draw him up immediately so the ethiopian took the man he was ordered to take and drew up the prophet out of the mire and left him at liberty in the prison but when the king had sent to call him privately and inquired what he could say to him from god which might be suitable to his present circumstances and desired him to inform him of it jeremiah replied that he had somewhat to say but he said withal he should not be believed nor if he admonished them should be hearkened to for said he thy friends have determined to destroy me as though i had been guilty of some wickedness and where are now those men who deceived us and said that the king of babylon would not come and fight against us any more but i am afraid now to speak the truth lest thou shouldst condemn me to die and when the king had assured him upon oath that he would neither himself put him to death nor deliver him up to the rulers he became bold upon that assurance that was given him and gave him this advice that he should deliver the city up to the babylonians and he said that it was god who prophesied this by him that he must do so if he would be preserved to escape out of the danger he was in and that then neither should the city fall to the ground nor should the temple be burned but that if he disobeyed he would be the cause of these miseries coming upon the citizens and of the calamity that would befall his whole house when the king heard this he said that he would willingly do what he persuaded him to do and what he declared would be to his advantage but that he was afraid of those of his own country that had fallen away to the babylonians lest he should be accused by them to the king of babylon and be punished but the prophet encouraged him and said he had no cause to fear such punishment for that he should not have the experience of any misfortune if he would deliver all up to the babylonians neither himself nor his children nor his wives 
and that the temple should then continue unhurt. So when Jeremiah had said this, the king let him go, and charged him to betray what they had resolved on to none of the citizens, nor to tell any of these matters to any of the rulers, if they should have learned that he had been sent for, and should inquire of him what it was that he was sent for, and what he had said to him, but to pretend to them that he besought him that he might not be kept in bonds and in prison. And indeed he said so to them, for they came to the prophet and asked him what advice it was that he came to give the king related to them. And thus I have finished what concerns this matter. End of Book 10 Chapters 5 through 7 Recording by Bill Mosley, Frellsburg, Texas, USA.